You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, AfterBuzzers, and welcome to the eighth week of the third season of Showtime's Homeland, episode entitled Red Wheelbarrow. Red Wheelbarrow. I'm your host, Thaddeus Massey, <laughs> and joining me today is the solo artist himself. Solo. Nando. Nando. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this was a really, really good episode, guys. Uh... We just finished watching it, or I just finished watching it. Well, Nando just watched it like right before I did. It's uh, it was it's really, really good. eventful. Oh yeah, totally. There's stuff going on, as mm. there's always stuff going on, but there was some really good stuff going on uh, this episode. We, uh, we well, first of all, let's just start off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm sitting in the Lauren and seat. Right. She's not here for another week, so I'm just right. gonna say I was right. I was right. That's all I said. Nando was right. I was right. He I was win. Right. Episode eight. Let's just jump right Lauren, to the end. Lauren forfeits. Yo. I win. Right. He he wins the he wins that. And that's probably like the biggest that's probably the biggest prediction of yeah, the season. That was a pretty good one, yeah. That's probably the biggest prediction of the season because we we that ran for a few weeks. That ran for a few weeks. Yeah. I said episode eight. And that was legitimate that was a legitimate uh I prediction asked the question too. and we made choices and I said I'm saying episode eight, he Brody returns eight. and he, he returned for the very, very end. Yes. Yeah. Brody returned uh <laughs> the end of episode eight just to just to bring in kind of what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um but you know when they were like in the war room or whatever, and they were doing the operation, yeah, they had pictures up on the the screen, uh-huh. and Brody, you could see Brody's picture up on the screen, his yeah. mugshot. Oh yeah, totally. and I was like, that's the foretelling. They're gonna show this guy. <laughs> and I, a lot of foretelling. For yeah, that. I can't even lie. I was sitting up in the episode. I was watching it, and as minutes went by, I was like, okay, no Brody, good, good, good. No Brody, no Brody. <laughs> oh, you were hoping? <laughs> I was hoping that you. Uh, I hope no, he wasn't gonna win. Well, but I don't rub it in like Lauren. He, does. he pulled. He pulled it out. I pulled it out. He pulled it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Nando. <laughs> <laughs> I was an episode off. Damn it. Anyway, yeah. So they started the episode with Saul in bed with his wife. Yeah, and I know she just slept she, with his with her uh, right. Yeah, with the mistress. Or the mister. same day. Yeah, well, felt like the same day. Well, I, mean, was, I think it was because when he she met with him, it was the next morning because he was making breakfast in bed. So it was the next morning, but I think she he was like, we oh, he just, said we just slept together like the night before. That's right, exactly. Yeah, at slut, the Ritz Carlton, slut, slut. You're like what? What the mirror? I was like, oh no, it's still warm. Pa, oh. Saw it, and you don't know, it's still, 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 still like uh, <laughs> oh. I'm like ugh, okay, ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. I mean, just saw. I think Saul knows. He's not stupid. He's mm. a freaking intelligence officer. Like he knows his wife is doing whatever. But I just think that it's a matter of. What's most important to him is his job. You know what's really funny? Uh, even when he was like bringing her food in bed, yeah, he's so stiff at the way he. I mean, you could tell that he cares for her, but yeah. he definitely does not have that passion for her like he does when he talks to Carrie. Like she even Carrie Mira even said it later. Yeah, Carrie represents the job. But right. even even Carrie, uh, I'm sorry, Mira mentioned it later when he was on the phone, mm-hmm. and and she's like, "You're on the phone with Carrie." He's like, "How do you know?" He says, "I can tell by your tone. That's the only person you speak to like that." Like she wow, didn't say it, that's but true. she didn't say it in that's a like true. I'm digging. It. She's like I'm used to this. I'm like yeah. she knows. She knows Carrie's no, you know he's not having an affair with Carrie, but he, he he's the only person he talks to like that. Right, is Carrie. I think that's part of why she decided to work it out in the relationship because mm-hmm. she saw an opening of you know she's been married to this guy 35 years, yeah, and they've been through they've been through it together. Mm-hmm. They've experienced a lot. You know, going on four decades. That's not time. You just tossed to the side oh yeah you know they have a lot of history mm-hmm. so i don't know who this suave debonair he reminds me of the dos equis guy like probably 20 years younger <laughs> oh you know you know what i you know actually what i, I forgot i wrote this down I'm, I'm sorry if i'm all over the place today I'm, I'm making up for it um later on i promise but uh when they were showing clips from previous homelands yeah for some, when when uh when they showed him talking to dar and he said i oh no when he was talking to javadi yeah uh, Saul was saying, I need to know one thing before you leave. And I swear, I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, do you have six fingers on your left hand? 
You know, like, <laughs> did you kill my father? My name is Antico. He sounded very much like Inigo Montoya right. from The Princess Bride when he said, I just want to know one thing before you leave. <laughs> so it just hit me like, oh my You're God, Princess Bride. No, I'm talking about Saul. When, he's, when he was, oh, when, when he, Saul was when he talking, had Javadi in the back room. When and Saul it, was talking yeah, to Javadi yeah, yeah. and he right. said that when I saw the clips leading off to this episode, sorry right. for this non sequitur, it just, it sounded like, you know, you know Princess Bride. Yes, you know, he was yes, Inigo Montoya. Yes. It sounded so I remember much, that. it sounded like his Inigo Montoya voice. So I was waiting for him, <laughs> do you have, do you have six fingers on your left hand? So, um. You're funny. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't help that. <laughs> I just wanted, to, I wrote it down. I literally wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, I gotta bring that up. Okay, so back, <laughs> so back to the Dos Equis guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is the most interesting man. Well, Saul is, is Saul the most interesting man in the world. Saul could make a run for the most interesting man in the world because his wife hasn't figured him out after thirty five years, and I think I feel like she's been pulling back so many layers off of this onion of Saul. She's just trying to figure him out, and she's trying to get to relate to him in such a way. Yeah, but he's you know if he's had success at home, now he's feeling. I mean, success at, on the job. Now he's feeling he got he got the turn Javadi sent him back. Yeah, this is a monumental development in this whole operation hmm. uh it's it's huge you know this guy is the second colonel and they can take other people out and move him up the ladder and then actually control like they were saying control and change the whole landscape of that region oh yeah absolutely so um you know i love the way saw handled the meeting he went to the meeting uh to meet with the chief of staff mike and the senator happened to be there oh yeah and that was really funny. That was such a great scene. That was a great scene. That was an awesome scene. And the senator is just like, he's always throwing a tantrum. He just seems like like a, a, a 12-year-old kid who's just always, he's throwing tantrums. Tattling. He's tattling. And he went to the principal's office right. and, he, and he told on Right. Him. Yeah. And he always has to, like, he has a power trip. And mm-hmm. he, you know what's, I, I, it really sucks is when this guy, the nine days is up, and this guy actually becomes the D, is it a DCI? A DIC? The yeah, DCI. I think DCI, yeah. And when he, yes, it is DCI. Yeah. When he takes over, mm-hmm. that's going to suck. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to take over. Or I think it's going to be very short-lived. I hope does. something happens in the nine days. He's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. To because. But it was such a great scene when he said, can you please ask, Mike, can you please ask the senator to leave? Why? Because right. he doesn't have, he doesn't have uh, the, the right security clearance. All right. He's, he's like one, one level, level below. One level below. <laughs> <laughs> he got so pissed. He was pissed off. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, look, this guy Lockhart is already trying to screw up all of Saul's plans. Right. And he's not even in charge yet. Right. And here he is putting his two cents in everything. Right. So, yeah, let Saul get his two weeks. He has two weeks left in charge. Why should this guy undermine him for two weeks? You know? I, I mean, of course, I'm not a, a government expert or operational expert in covert operation or espionage or any of that but it would it seems to me that the senator wouldn't have the level of experience in espionage and intelligence uh operation that Saul does hmm. why is he discounting Saul's intuition so much i mean okay of course there were 200 and some people who got killed yeah okay that doesn't mean a guy with Saul's level of experience is – you just don't disregard he, his level of experience he just doesn't like, something to the table. He doesn't like his Cold War strategy because doing this whole thing where you're, you're putting assets into foreign countries mm-hmm. with the possibility – even though Lockhart doesn't know that it's a regime chain, but, but the whole mentality in the Cold War of putting assets in other countries that you are churning – yeah. You know, or, yeah. you know, kind of like Noriega and Panama. Like, there's, American history has lots of things where, yes. where Americans. Installations. Yeah, installations where they help, <laughs> where they help revolutionaries in foreign countries to take over the regimes going on. Right. And then all of a sudden, the new people in charge turn on America anyway. So, right. so I get that from Lockhart a little bit. But again, yeah, he's not trusting his expertise in this matter. And, and I, I guess there are points to both sides. Obviously, we're rooting for Saul. Right. So, uh, obviously, we're rooting for Saul and we want to believe Saul, this is obviously a better a better play than than the, Lockhart wanting to just uh, get all send drones, know, yeah, and send drones and shoot everybody, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm really hoping that my my hope is that they, this guy doesn't make it to nine to the nine day mark. Mm. I mean, not that he gets killed or something like that, but well, if something happens administratively, and then they just decide to go a different direction. I just think, yeah, I just think he's not going to last. But but one thing I will say about Lockhart, and we'll get into it more a little bit later because mm-hmm. I don't want to. But there are other people you could see that possibly might take Lockhart's side uh, in this matter. 
Really? Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it when we get up to it. But yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to hear what these. Theories I just don't want to jump around because I know no, it's not much of a theory. But you'll know what I mean when we get to it. Okay. Yeah, I just want right. I don't want to go too crazy jumping around. Okay. Yeah. Let's awesome. keep talking about Saul. Yes. So Saul meets with Carrie and uh, Peter Quinn with Dar before. Yeah. And you see that Carrie is like that was so really, passionate yeah. about. Finding this bomber so she can get, you know, Brody clear, get him exonerated. And it's like, you're you're taking it, you know, you're supposed to be making a a play for the big picture. You know, that's what Saul's doing. Hmm. Everything Saul is doing is for the big picture. Yeah. Every move that he's making is for the betterment Hmm. of the U.S. people. Or the United States government, yeah, and in our position for the big, you know, I mean, Carrie just wants to, her baby daddy to be <laughs> exonerated just well, in case she decides to have the kid. Yeah, she stops taking drugs and heavily drinking. I think she stopped. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, at least at this moment, when we're watching that that scene, when when she's obviously upset at Saul, yeah, and she says uh, that she's angry. He says, "You're angry because I didn't share a conversation about Brody with you." And she's like, "No, I'm angry because you're indifferent about catching the bomber." I think she's actually right. In that, because after all, Saul is in charge of this agency now. Yeah. He's got to be able to focus on multiple things at once. And yeah. I get that the prize that he has right now, which is Javadi being an asset, yes. is, is he just can't help but be attached to that. And he has a long standing history with Javadi, which yeah. goes way back further a, than Carrie and Brody. Totally. Obviously, so. But he's obviously attached to that. But at the same time, also, uh, you know, he's got to he's got to pay attention to the bomber because don't forget back in episode one, that's what that's what his bosses want to see results. They want to see this bomber or or they want to find out who was responsible and they want to see this person tried right yeah so so i think there is some truth there of course carrie's interests are a little more personal right for the bomber right her motivation but i don't think she's wrong she's you know? she's not wrong but notice that and she and you notice when she had the little little uh confrontation with with, with saw so i was like you know uh he, he he expressed his interest in in uh mm-hmm. in capturing the the bomber, just as much as she wanted to, you know, catch the bomber. It's just, I think what you just said really hit, hit the nail on the head is that yeah. him running everything and having to be responsible for everything. Yeah. He just has more on his plate. Yeah. That he has to deal with. Well, and Javadi's this really awesome toy that right now he's That's just so happy. It's a prize. It's yeah. a trophy yeah. that he just can't keep his eyes off of right, right now. And everything he, every move that he wants to make right now is, and also he's got something to prove. Yeah. Because even, I mean, he's got Lockhart obviously, you know, trying to campaign against him. Right. And even the chief of staff is like, this is an amazing play. Is it going to work? You know, right. so he's got to make sure that everything's in place. So this is his plan. Well, I mean, you got to give Saul some, some props. Yeah. Everything Saul has been doing so far has been working. It's so far. So even far. when we even when we don't think he's got a plan, I mean, like even, Lauren would mention, even he, when he thinks he doesn't have a plan, <laughs> he has a plan. He has a plan. Yeah. He even went into the Senate Intelligence Committee with a plan. He, he orchestrated that whole it's all He plan. knew all that was going to go it, down. It's just a matter of who knows what plan he's thinking of at the time. I'm starting to look at Saul like a little bit of a godfather. <laughs> I'm serious. This dude is like... It's a little crazy. He's a puppet master. He's like... He's handling everything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> Except for his marriage, which sucks. Except for his marriage. He's not a romantic. He's not a romantic. <laughs> He's not as much a romantic. But you know what's horrible? Yeah, going back to that, you can see when he told her he had to go out of town for a couple of days, and she was like, a couple of days? And he's like, yeah, nothing longer than a week. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> like two days in a week is like a big difference. And then mm. she was just like, womp, womp. So it's like, does she go back to her lover? Because mm. it, this is the kind of thing that, well, you know, was hard on their relationship to begin with. Yeah. Like him being away and... It's like, dude, you just made this new, you know, this, I understand, I understand, you know, your requirements for your job and, you know, duty calls and your obligations, but there's also obligation over here to your wife. So it's like, how does he, I don't know. I mean, after he takes his trip to Venezuela, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen down there as we see next week with Brody. <laughs> but it's going to take a week. Out. It's going <laughs> to take, take about a week because that's, that's, that's what he told uh, Mira. That yeah, it's going to take him, him about. He's going to be he gone said, for about a well, week. He said it was not going to take maybe him any more. long, maybe more, not longer than a week. And he said it's not going to be there. Longer oh, not than a longer week. than a week. Yeah. Oh, okay. He said a couple of days, couple of no, days, long, no longer than a week. Oh, okay. I think that's what he said. All right, cool. But then you see in the, in the episodes, the previews for next week, that he's trying to help Brody like get oh yeah back to himself. So well, we're getting ahead, but yeah. we are getting ahead. Getting so ahead. that's not going to happen in a week. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you kick hair on in a week. <laughs> But anyway, mm. <laughs> so 
let's jump back to Carrie and this whole Paul Franklin, Leland Bennett thing. Oh, yeah. With the bomber situation. Mm, so, so Saul's like, yeah, I want you guys to catch him, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Carrie's like, all right, cool. So now Carrie is meeting in the church. Yeah. With Paul Franklin. I thought it was really interesting. Who's Leland Bennett's fixer. Yeah, I want to say, well, first of all, you know what? Because I, before I lose it, it's in the chat. Uh, Brent Henry put down, the name of this episode is The Red Wheelbarrow. And, yeah. and I guess that they're, uh, the way they ended up um, meeting mm-hmm. via text was that line, it all depends upon, I, have, I wrote it down here. I just yeah, it. I a, saw it. A red, a red wheelbarrow. And it's actually from a poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, by William Carlos Williams that was first, uh, published in 1923 in his book Spring and All. It's, uh, I'm sure he just copied this from, a um, Wikipedia. It's one of the best known examples of an images poem, which I'm not sure what that means. And one of Williams's most frequently anthologized poems. I'm not familiar with him. Interesting. Uh, I'll have to look him up. I actually was going to look this up, but since, you know, right after the episode ends, we do this. So, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll have some more on it, but it was really, this is the second week in a row that the name of the, um, episode came off of, I, I believe, a, a, a literary, literary very quote yeah totally but i thought it was really writing i thought it was very very interesting but what i thought was interesting was both of the meetings that carrie had with uh with paul franklin were in religious places yes and i almost feel like that was like you know i don't know i just feel like these guys are so evil obviously because they're american but obviously they're doing (laughs) they're behind this bomb bombing right and they're so like chicken shit i have to say yeah. they have to meet in churches as right. if that was some kind of way to 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 exonerate or to actually say oh what we're doing is good work or right. something yeah i almost feel like they're hiding in churches to do these meetings now now maybe i'm rem- you know maybe i'm remiss that i i didn't get this uh but what is have they uh uh what do you say how have they leaked out or or hinted to what would the what would the purpose was of them actually being involved in this bombing? Not yet. Okay. Other than the fact, I'm guessing I'm like, it's fine. Why would they? Well, you know what? I'm guessing it's, it all comes down to money. When it comes to those firms, I would assume it it, it ultimately is a money thing. Hmm. You know, whoever's paying them top dollar to do this, so um, to get their hands dirty like that. But I mean, we could talk more about that. But I, I'm definitely I'm I, I would think it's money motivated. I don't think these guys are anti-American. Right. They're just pro greed. Yes, that I mean that makes sense. Yeah, that's logical. There might be some politics involved. I'm in sure it there's too, some I politics think. involved, but but I think ultimately they're getting paid good money to do this because then they set up the whole Javadi thing. But actually, they that was a money trans that was a money deal too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, when they met with Carrie, mm-hmm. so she was going to be compensated very well and all that. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Javadi's siphoning money to begin with from the fund. Yeah, so it's yeah, all it only about makes money. Sense. Yeah. And Javadi was paying them too, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. he was paying them. Mm-hmm. He was paying them to set that whole carry thing up. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Hmm. Hmm. I hope they go further into it. I hope there's something a little bit more to it. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I'm too. sure there is because as uh, we'll see, we'll talk about. Do we want to get to that part yet? Are we still just talking about Carrie? We're jumping around, buddy. Well, let's talk about Carrie. Because we're talking about <laughs> Carrie and this whole Leland Bennett thing. I'm all for it. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, anyway, I mean. It's really, really interesting to see this whole play go out. I really, I really am enjoying the espionage in it. It's kind of like meeting in the churches and then talking. What I thought was also interesting, everything that she does, obviously, this episode, she, she definitely has Brody on her mind. Kind of like, kind of like Saul has Javadi as his trophy right now. Not, not saying that, that Carrie has a trophy, but obviously, the pregnancy, she's finally dealing with the pregnancy. Yeah. And she is uh, really concerned. She's been in denial, I think. She's been in denial. She's finally faced yeah. up to it. She asked for some personal time. She went in. She doesn't even want to, It's interesting that she, we still don't know what she wants to do with the baby yet. And I guess 13 that's, weeks in? 13 weeks in. She doesn't want another sex with a baby. The uh, Based on her actions when she was talking to her doctor, yeah. uh, the doctor was actually asking, do you do you want to keep it? And right. she, never, she didn't give a straight answer at all. No, she doesn't But know. it sounds like, well, I think what it sounds like is she wants to clear Brody first. She's still in love with Brody, and she wants to clear with Brody. Uh, or not clear with Brody, but, but clear Brody. Uh, so that he can come back to the States and not be considered a terrorist. And right. I think she, that's all dependent on that. And we get to see that later in the episode. That seems to really affect her uh, on her motivations. Right. And obviously she's not thinking rationally because of it. Right. But even in the first scene in the church, she was lighting candles. 
Right. And uh, Paul Franklin's like, what are you lighting any candles for? I didn't know you were religious. She goes, oh, you know, just oh, I wrote the line up of something for all the departed. And old she wrote boyfriend. Something. And then she said something about, oh, old boyfriend was religious. Yeah. But you could tell that candle was, you know, to try and. Right. You know. So has she been trying to, do you think she's been trying to like miscarry on her own by, because she, she said she was doing a lot of drinking when she told mm. the doctor, she spoke with the doctor. And she said she was on lithium, and then she said, I did a lot of drinking. And yeah. the doctor was like, after you knew? And she was like, mm, yeah. I've been under a lot of stress, she yeah, said, Yeah, a lot too. of stress which, which we all know right. is true. Uh, so you think she's been, like, trying to self-induce, like, subconsciously, like, self-induce a yeah, miscarriage or something? Yeah, I, I could totally see that happening. I mean, she's very conflicted over the whole thing. Yeah. And, and now that, you know... Now that she knows from last week's episode, Javadi mm-hmm. said Brody wasn't behind the bombing. Notice now all of a sudden how she's starting to try and, and exonerate Brody. She's trying to find the bomber. She's right. that much more dedicated to find the bomber and to clear Brody. So it only makes sense now that she heard officially from Javadi that Brody wasn't involved, that she was going to go through all this to try and bring him back. She took a bullet from Brody. She took it. Well, it's just almost stupidity. They took the bullet. She took a bullet. She took a bullet. She was willing to risk her life. She was willing to risk a lot more in her life on that one. Just to that was clear up. this guy. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's her. That's that was her whole motivation right now. And we see by the end of the episode that it, it could have cost her her life. I want to see Dar have a little more juice in just running an operation and being on a microphone and saying, "No, don't do this. Or do that. <laughs> take a shot. Don't take a shot." Like, I want to see him have more influence, a little more power. Just based on his presence in mm. the situation and what they're, what, they're, uh, what they're in, like, it just seems like he would have more juice. I, uh, I don't know. I liked him. I liked him at that, um, in that scene. Actually. Oh, I liked him in that scene as I well. Liked, I liked him a lot. And but then I almost like, it almost like she undermines his authority by just not listening to him and everybody else is standing down except for Carrie. Like yeah. Carrie, the only person Carrie listens to is Saul for the most part. If Not if, even if, all the time. If and when she feels like it, well, I, was, I was about to say. So it's kind of like Carrie's going to do what Carrie... But here's the thing. Carrie always goes... I, you know what? When she got shot, I, I, I actually... In my mind, I was like, it's about time. I really actually bet. <laughs> I had no joke. I actually was like, it's about time someone does something about this because right. she's always going rogue. Right. She's always going against, um, against her superior's wishes. I mean, Estes was a bit of a douche, so we, we didn't care if she went against him, but, right. but, you know, I mean, Dar put it perfectly. Dar and Quinn actually put it perfectly. Quinn said, you're fucking us. You're fucking everybody. Yeah. You know, you're, you're ruining months uh, your, of work. Your work. Your own work. Oh, your own work. Yeah. Your own work you're ruining. Just to just because you want to save this bomber, to, you know he does. They don't know exactly why she's right. doing this. We know it's because she wants to exonerate Brody, and she yeah. needs the bomber to do that. Right. But they're all screaming at her, "Don't do it!" This is just like several of the times when she does her own thing. Yeah. And uh, finally, she paid for it. But agents are supposed to be. You think like they're trained like military? They follow orders like told like they're told, and she just does it. Like half the time, she does what she wants to do. Yeah. If she just feels like no, I feel like this is better. Like yeah. that's something that's not. That's not, well in, in the real world. They would be. They would have been. Yeah. They would have like, been. You know what I'm saying? Fired like, a long time right. ago. They would have been disciplined a lot heavier than. Yeah. Carrie's gotten away with it because Carrie's been right most of the time. But this, in my opinion, at least, was one time when Dar was actually right. You had to sacrifice the bomber, right, to to keep Javadi in play because that, it once, wasn't the big picture. Exonerating Brody wasn't yeah. the big. Well, it was catching Dar- the bomber was important, but she's associating. The catching the bomber with, with exonerating Brody. As far as they're concerned, Who's catching more... the bomber is important. Yeah, because he was responsible for the bombing, as opposed to exonerating Brody. They're not. I don't think they. I don't think they care as much about clearing Brody. She cares about clearing Brody. Yeah, I think catching the bomber was important to them. It's like, okay, the guy who's responsible is dead. Yeah. Now let's keep this thing in play. You but know you what I'm saying? What? He's just some guy that's for hire at the end, uh, at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, Javadi and obviously Leland and Franklin and whoever else is involved in this, those are the big players that you want to go for. I right. mean, you could just hire another person to make a bomb, I would assume, in this world. Right. You know? I mean, we, we obviously didn't know very – we knew very little about this bomber. He was not a major player. We just saw him being very nervous in and a hotel Yeah, he was room. nervous. So you, obviously he's not some trained – like cool trained under pressure, somewhat, but 
but he just so, was yeah. he was just for hire and realized oh no my, my cover's been someone's blowing my cover right and he's about to get a you know a, a package to get sent out <laughs> sent out literally uh but he, out of the I country mean, I, i'm like dude you didn't sniff that out <laughs> i guess i guess you know what like, he was just all fearful and didn't and trusted the wrong people go get a fake id and bounce. But here's the question I want to ask since we're on this right now. Here's the question I want to ask. Was Paul Franklin acting alone himself when he killed the bomber? Because his conversation with Leland, as Carrie mentioned, as, as us as the audience heard, right. was to say to send that Leland told him, I don't care how you do it, just get him out of the country. I mean, technically he's out of the country because he's dead. Right. But that's what the conversation was with Leland. I don't care how you do it. But get him out of the country. And then Paul ends up killing him. So I almost wonder if Paul's got a little mm. something on the side going as well, if he has other ulterior motives for uh, for getting rid of uh, this bomber that Leland's not aware of. Well, apparently, well, that you said Leland's not aware of? Yeah, that Leland's not aware of. Oh, you mean other ulterior motives that Franklin has? I think he definitely has some ulterior motives going on. Yeah. Because he's doing stuff. Leland just tells him to take care of it or fix it, you know, make sure this happens. But obviously he's not policing him in such a way that he's actually micromanaging how he does everything that he does. Well, here's the thing. Because that's how things kind of got out of control to begin with. Up to that point, when we saw Paul, he just seemed like a middleman. He seemed like a – he was a suit. He was a suit. Just a wheeling and dealing, trying to negotiate Carrie's release so that Carrie could meet Javadi or meet Leland, so then Leland could set up the, the Javadi meeting. Right. And even when he was meeting up with Carrie, the way Carrie was talking to him in the churches, I mean, she was obviously making a play to to look, you know, like she didn't knew nothing was going on, and she was worried about her own self. Right. If uh, Leland gets caught, you know, right. she'll be indicted as well or involved as well. She played so that really. Well, she played actually. it really well. Yeah. And Paul just took it, you know, like yeah. he, he had to take it. And he ends up calling his boss and his boss says, take care of it. Get him out of the country. And all of a sudden we see this kind of like what happened with Javadi when Javadi went for the double murder when he killed his daughter-in-law right. and his wife. This was a man who was it's very similar when you think about it. Here's a man in a suit who hasn't really done anything violent at all. Right. And if anything, it just seems like his best asset is his mind and right. his connections. Right. And next thing you know, here which he goes. Which, which, you're, which you're sure he has. Which you sure he has. But then next thing you know, he walks up to a hotel room, has his gun out. Once the guy opens up the door, bam, bam, shoots right. the bomber. Right. And and gets all breaking bad and starts pulling acid in, in the tub Dude, and everything to dissolve the like, body. That yeah. made me look at him like, who is this, this guy? This guy is more to this guy than meets the eye. And that's right. what I'm saying. And, and the fact that Leland didn't say kill him and, this, and, and exactly. make the body disappear. He's doing this on his own. That this guy might be a little more uh, dangerous than uh, than we've been led to believe from the two or three appearances we saw of him. He may be more dangerous than Leland even knows. He might be. Because like you said. Yeah. He didn't tell him to kill I'll him. I'll save it he for predictions, said, but I think yeah. there is definitely something else there with Leland and uh, between Leland and Paul that that uh, at least from Paul that Leland's not even aware of. Right, and maybe that's also why Paul or Leland was so forthright with uh, with uh, Dar and saying, "I have nothing to hide. Go ahead." Yeah, because it's like ultimately maybe he can just cut off Paul. And well, who knows? Maybe he thinks Paul. he can get rid. Yeah, maybe he thinks he can get rid of Paul. But it looks like Paul might be a handful himself. Right? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how this is going to play out. That would mm. be interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul Franklin and got the acid dousing the body. It might have been a good thing. It might have been a good thing that Carrie got shot because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she could have handled uh, this guy. I don't know if she she would have been as prepared for this guy. No, definitely not. Yeah, and it seems like every time she has a physical interaction with somebody she doesn't know any kind of martial art she just gets taken or yeah whatever. you never see her getting any fights I'm like, or anything. Aren't you an agent are you supposed to know something like to protect <laughs> like at least two moves then get punched <laughs> and then get taken don't like just like oh, oh my gosh she always gets like grabbed up oh I'm like, she doesn't know anything like she doesn't know any martial arts like that's weird to me yeah but anyway so she's lucky peter quinn took over the rifle because the other agent the other guy would have killed her i think yeah oh yeah no, that's why Quinn took the rifle Quinn because the he rifle. knew he knew a soldier is going to follow his orders. And yeah. once Star gave the word and they radioed into the sniper, yeah, he was going to go for the kill. Yeah, uh, Quinn luckily took it, gave one last little uh, little chance for for Carrie to turn around because right. that's what Quinn does. Right. Quinn's there to try and protect Carrie. Right, and then luckily he uh, he hit her in the shoulder. 
and uh, Harry lucks out again. Took her down. Yeah, totally. Even, even with the bullet. But I love it, man. <laughs> Seriously, I, I honestly, it's about freaking time. <laughs> it really, I felt like it really was about time. That something happened to her. That something happened to her. She gets that she actually gets put down like it with, with love. It was a bullet with love, <laughs> but she's the guy. It was a love down. tap. It was a love. It was a love shot. <laughs> a love tap. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to affect the baby. We'll see. I was but, thinking that too. Yeah. Actually, I wonder if uh, I know it's just a gunshot wound that they're taking, so I don't think they're going to check all her vitals. But I wonder but if they're going to find out. They said she was out. losing a lot of blood because he said it might have clipped an artery. So Ooh. she said she was losing a lot of blood she on the ambulance. She might lose the baby. She Ooh. might. But they, they're going to. No one knows about the baby. Yet. Nobody does. So they're going to find out. Oh, they're going to find that, out. That might be safe for predictions. Once but yeah, right. she might find out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> what do you guys think? You guys can call in 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. Don't be shy. You guys can ask me or Nando anything you want to ask or just put in your two cents about your theories. We welcome them because there are so many possibilities and philosophies and theories that can go on in the show based hmm. on hmm. the facts and stimulus given. Oh, yeah. Or it could even be beyond that. <laughs> you know, there's so many... Oh, different things. Anyway, let's not forget to talk about uh, Farah. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like Farah, and you said she has some personal, you mentioned that a couple times, that she has some family that you feel, or was that Stefan who, who, who said that? Uh, it might have been Stefan, but I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, so the, I'll, I'll, I'll take credit for it. Yeah. I'm so, sitting in uh, Lawrence seat. I'll take right. credit for it. She has some. Terrible. <laughs> that was Terrible. a good one. That was good though. That was really good. I like that one. That was funny. So you know, she obviously, obviously has some personal ties, and we're starting to they're starting to unravel and reveal and show some of the personal ties and yeah. some of the, you know, the deep seated emotional connection she has to Javadi being out and being sent back to Tehran. Yeah, it's like this guy's gonna go back there and wreak havoc on my people. She mm. has family there, and she's definitely. Uh, you know, emotionally compromised with this situation. She's a, she's just a financial analyst and expert. She's not an operation. She's not a, a spy or she's none of that. Yeah, she's just an analyst. What I liked uh, what I liked about this was we got to see a little bit of her home life and her exactly. dad. Exactly. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I wish I wish we you know um, since I don't speak Farsi, I wish we could uh, I've understood. know what I'm sure we we could understand even though it was just the father was really talking. Uh, you know that we could understand based on her answers right. what he was saying, but I will I almost wish we could uh, see subtitles for it. Yeah. If there was anything. Um, anything there that was really of interest the way he said it right but uh yeah it was really interesting I, I, when i was teasing before about like i think some people might agree with lockhart i meant farah i should have just said farah I, 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 instead of teasing it like that but oh, i think got you. i think technically farah really is on the same side as lockhart when it comes to what they what they believe right like farah farah didn't want javadi to go remember they had that even had that scene when he was walking uh, walking out uh, last week when she saw scissors and you actually yeah. made you think she might go for them. I thought she was going to get him in the neck Yeah, or exactly. So she uh, – and, and now we kind of see why. I mean this man is dangerous and – you know who knows what havoc he'll do to to citizens over in Iran, in Tehran, right. and she still has family over there. And right. as and as her father is super concerned that if anyone finds out, if the royal guard was to find out that uh, who she was, that she was working for the U.S. government yeah. as a you know uh, against them, yeah, that they would grab whatever family she has and hang or shoot them. Her, she has an uncle, his wife, and kids. So um, yeah, pretty big. And the dad just found out because he mm-hmm. thought she worked at the bank. I love, I love what he, I did not come to America to live in the streets like a dirty Arab. I loved his lines. Right. He said that, and then he said, um, and he said, uh, if you work in the bank, why aren't we rich? That was really oh, funny. Oh, dad. Oh, Farah's dad. That sounds like <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of people's parents. Right. <laughs> it was like, if you work in a bank, how come we're not making more money? How come money? we're not making more money? When he said that, I was like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Anyone that's working for a bank, let us know how you make a lot of money. Right. How you get rich. Exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when the, uh, I guess I'll send somebody in to check on her because she shows up to work twice. She showed up to the murder scene. Isn't that interesting? Well, she showed up to work twice and sat in the parking lot for 30 minutes. And no, goes I think home. she showed up the first time, they said. That she's. 
Okay, but it she's been more, away from work for two she's days. She's been away from work for two days, but the first day she showed up, stayed in the parking lot for 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes, and then right. they, they caught her over at the scene of the, of the crime, of the, of the double murder. Yeah. Which was really, it's kind of scary hearing that, you know? Imagine if you called in sick for work, and then your boss is like, so you've been calling in sick for work. Are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm just not feeling good. Oh, it's, that's interesting. Even though you showed up to work and I know everything <laughs> about what you did yesterday, I would be peeing that's, my pants that's if that. Weird. Yeah, I'd be that's, scared. That's a little eerie. That is creepy. Like, you know who you work for, right? Big Brother's watching. Right. Like, you know that? Yeah, they're, they'll watch everything that you do. That freaked me out. And, and then tell and then, you what you're going to do before you even do it. And then and then the kicker, of course, she gets found out by by uh, her job, by her bosses, all this stuff that she's she, been doing to avoid work and then the yeah. kicker is your dad finds out that you're working a job that you didn't want to find out about it's right. like oh my god pretty bad for farah but um but i did love i did love the farah scenes it was she wasn't in that much this episode mm-hmm. but i really love this character and i can't wait to see more and i really think she's going to end up doing stuff that's going to um compromise the operation compromise yeah i really think she could compromise a lot so i think she's a really good um hmm. antagonist to, to put in there. I, I mean, she ultimately comes from a good place, but she obviously but has her own gonna motivations. Come, it's going to come from naivete. Yeah, and her own experiences and, right. and her own concerns. Yeah. Like well, she, yeah, she has to... If it's good enough for Carrie and everybody else on the damn show, <sighs> why can't she have her own uh, personal motivations, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, obviously, I'm not going to agree with her going on her own. Well, Tangent not, and doing her own thing as yeah. far as, you know... Well, she's not going to go on her own, like, She's not going to go rogue like Carrie does or, or do things like Saul does against, you know, Lockhart, obviously. Right. But she's going to have her own – she's going to have her own demons to uh, – her own issues. To deal with. Yeah, her I own mean, temptation. What, what much more can she do though? I mean, Javadi's already been sent back. The operation's already in play. There's really not much more she can do besides just come to the office. And- well, you never know. There, there might, might be some other stuff. I mean, but whatever it is, obviously she's not a fan of Javadi still being around. So, you know, who knows what – she could what wrench she could throw in there. Yeah, so, but I mean down she, the line. She just got close to him. Just like uh just like Saul said earlier about, you know, having him installed in there. It's like, look, we take him out, there's gonna be one more that's gonna take his place. Yeah. And so But she's not thinking that way. And right. and you know what? Because she he's part of a bigger thing. It's not just him. Yeah. He's part of a whole it's like a movement. He's well, just one person. Yeah, well, Saul's making, and Saul even said it. You know, he's making the long. He's he's doing the long game. He's playing the long game. Right. He's not looking short term. He's looking long term. So, uh, whereas someone like Farrah is just thinking about her family, and she doesn't want to. You know, you don't. You can't wait for the long term when your family's possibly in danger. Right. You know, under this regime, you're thinking, how do I? You know, how do I help them out now? Right. So you're not thinking, oh, let's put someone in place and then maybe six months to a year down the line we can make some – Yeah, she's not thinking that way. When it comes to your family, you don't think that way. Right. Yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> anyway. I guess so. But I'm, I am loving – I'm glad to see some – we haven't seen much of Farrah. Uh, last week a little bit. But Do you think we're going to see much more of it? I mean, that goes into predictions, obviously. But I think we are. I mean, I think what she does goes into predictions, but I think we'll see more of Farrah. Okay. I'm kind of digging it. I'm, I'm sure she's going to, I'm sure she's going to throw something in, in the fire. I liked how after she, you know, her dad went off mm-hmm. about, you know, s- explaining how the family would be shot and hanged and all that. Yeah. How she stood up and was like, I'm an American. Yeah. I mean, that one line mm. said so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it resonated so strongly about where she feels her place is, where she belongs, who she is as an individual, mm. and then also how we perceive what an American is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of what people perceive, mainstream media or whatever or whatnot, tend to paint a picture of what certain things are, mm-hmm. obviously. Beauty, what's cool what a terrorist is, you know, just those types of things. Yeah. And I think that she's probably, of course, I'm sure she's dealt with a lot. She might have even mentioned it on another episode that I can't remember. But, you know, uh, for example, going to the airport or dealing with security issues just because she has a scarf on her head. Mm -hmm. She's potentially a terrorist. Just all kind of like civil rights issues and stuff that's just like unfounded. I mean, it's kind of like, well... That's like saying, 
every dog is going to bite you well, just this, because it's a dog. Yeah, well, I mean, this is <laughs> this is a this is a great scene because obviously it, it has many different layers to it. Right. On the surface, it's obviously uh, a daughter uh, arguing with her father about yeah. what she wants to do with her career. Right. You know, which I think a lot of people can relate with. Yes. And then, of course, there is the issue of, of being a Muslim living in the U.S. during times like this when, when after 9-11, when, you know, uh, they're thought of a little bit differently depending on some closed-minded people or, or, or people get worried or concerned. There's a little bit of that, too. Right. And and then there comes, you know, obviously someone who moves here and who is, a, a like she says, an American wants to do her part. Right. She wants to do her part for her country and also to protect those that she loves and and. and you know, overseas right. as well. Right. So there's a lot there. And I just really, that was probably, you know, next to the Lockhart Saul scene when Saul gets to hand Lockhart his ass and welcome out the door. I right. really, I really, really loved this scene. I, I really love this character, Farrah. I'm glad we got to see a little bit of her home life. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I have a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how that came up. And Lauren's not here to protect herself. <laughs> <laughs> Just run up the scoreboard before she shows up again. <laughs> Just run up the scoreboard. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, okay, so we covered pretty much everything. Oh, uh, you know what we didn't cover? Well, let's talk. We didn't. Uh, we might have mentioned it, oh, but yeah, go, go ahead. For it. Well, go for it. You first. I'll remember it. Uh, the Dos Equis guy breaking into the house and planting whatever it was on the computer. Yeah. So, so uh, he turns out to be... I'm guessing, is he a spy or is he just someone who's really, really stalkery and creepy? No, he's a spy. I think, here's, here's something in this He's sounds, on the computer, the, planning stuff on the computer with wires. Excuse and, me, maybe I'm sitting in Lauren's seat, but I, I honestly think that, uh, and I was thinking this when I first saw him, uh-huh. that, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I think he was too hot for Mira. I think he, I think that guy is too good looking a guy. I don't think Mira is that attractive. I guess I'm trying. She's well, older. No, she's a little more. But I think maybe they they did did that on purpose to for the audience to look at it like this guy obviously is not all what he cracks up to be because yeah. this guy wouldn't be interested. But that's why when this reveal came out, where now he's bugging her uh, yeah. computer, where it's like, oh, he wasn't that into her. Maybe maybe right. he was a spy. This was a play. Right. Done by whoever, Iranian, some other, some other entity that, uh, because they knew that this was Saul's wife. Right. And they had this guy, this guy's an agent. Right. You know, it's kind of like those, uh, yeah, it's, we see this sometimes in movies where we see like, uh, usually, uh, oh, I saw this recently, I think it was on a blacklist actually, which is a show I do for After Buzz where this really like guy who's not that good looking and then this really hot girl who happens to be his girlfriend right. realize she's stealing government secrets from him or, right. or yeah, totally. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like the reverse of that where it's a, it's a woman who's not super young i mean right. she's middle aged right. she she's uh she's uh, full figured to, right. to be nice and then you got this guy who looks very he's gq said, <laughs> well no this guy is and this very, guy is gq this guy's pretty gq he's, he's probably james built. bond from whatever country he comes from yeah he exactly. comes in and he's like womanizing and Hey, took you to the Ritz Carlton two two days ago, and yeah no totally you know. so i i mean yeah so all of a sudden now that we see this reveal it's kind of like why didn't – it's almost like I was too nice to say anything about this before, but now that you see it, it's like, right, yeah, right. this was not a couple that seemed to be – Compatible. Really, yeah, that seemed to be compatible. There's something else in, hidden in there. I can't even lie. Like for a second, for probably like two or three seconds when he went back to the car mm-hmm. and he checked his device so he, I guess he can hear. Yeah. I thought he might blow the house up. <laughs> you know what? I thought I was that like, too. For is a he going to blow the house up? For a second, I thought, oh, something's going to happen here. Yeah. Because yeah. then listen. she turned on the computer. I mean, she turned on the TV. Yeah. And then I thought she might go to. I want to hear her last words before I blow her up. Yeah, no, but because uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if you remember the movie, uh, uh, Live with Die Hard. Uh, what was one the, of the Die the, Hard the, movies? Yeah, it was the number four one. Live or Die Hard. I haven't seen that one. I'm sorry yes, to say, it, but, but yeah. it was with uh, Justin Long. Yes, that's okay. Live or Die Hard. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. So that ep- that that movie, mm-hmm. they opened it up by this terrorist faction who was. Blowing up people's homes by sending a virus to their computer. Yeah. And then they will press delete and they will blow the house up. Oh, yeah. So I, if, thought, I immediately thought of oh. that when I saw him hook the computer. I'm like, dang, is he going to blow the I house up? I got to see that movie. I don't and know. And she's turning, she turned the TV on. Yeah. I thought she might walk over to the computer and maybe press a button and it was just going to go. Poosh. That's what I thought <laughs> for like for a second. Mm. But then, of course, he drove off, I think, right? Or did they cut? They cut uh, the scene. They cut the scene. Yeah, they cut the scene. So now he has ears in there mm. and maybe can maybe siphon information off that computer. Yeah. I don't know what that wire is that he had, what it does. 
Well, again, we don't we'll know his out. motives yet. If he's uh, if he's either just really still in love, I love making love to you. I, I, I love that line when he said that, and she stormed out on him. Whether he's just really a creepy, super creepy guy with a high tech equipment, or if he, uh, <laughs> or if he really is a secret agent spy uh, from a, another uh, foreign country, or, or nah, another he can't be that creepy of a guy. He can't be that creepy. Of a guy. No, he's I too good looking to be yeah. that creepy of a guy. So yeah. it's got to be an agent. I yeah. think he's some kind of agent. So wow. So and he's in play now. I guess he, you know, now that he's got his moment here. So. It would be cool if he was hired by uh, Lockhart. That would be inter- that would be really weird though, considering she met him overseas, and that was like it sounds like they were having an affair for over a year. So I doubt Lockhart hmm. has something to do with okay, that. Okay, okay, but you're right. Uh, you're right. That, that would been be going for a while. Okay, so X that. But okay. I wonder if it's a Javadi thing. It'd be interesting if Javadi has uh, it's Javadi's way of uh, getting back at Saul. Getting back at Saul, just keeping tabs on Saul as well. Who knows? Or some other entity. Hmm. But what we should talk about, we should go back around to what we started with, which when I was talking about Brody. Right. We should definitely talk about Brody and Saul's plan, for lack of a better word, because I found it really, really interesting. First of all, because from last season, I mean, Carrie, Carrie was the one who got Brody out. So, right. and it didn't seem like, even though Carrie and Saul have been in cahoots this whole season, as we discovered in episode four, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like something necessarily that Carrie would still trust Saul with, based on just the way they still talk about Brody. They seem to be very different on their yeah, on their, on their thoughts their about Brody. So somehow Saul got it's, it's almost like Saul, Saul stole the football, yeah. Brody being the football, yeah. and Saul's the one who put. Put him in Venezuela. It looks like that's right. what I'm. I'm assuming. Because Carrie or, or, did say she didn't know where he was. Carrie said she didn't know where he was. Yeah. But Saul knew where she where where she, where he was. So it's really really interesting. Although too the the guy that's keeping uh that's keeping Brody captive said that he owed Carrie a favor. So it's really it's a little confusing right now it that is. part of it. But again, Saul knows where Brody is. Saul doesn't want Carrie to know that he went down to Brody. Yeah. Dar. He told Dar he was going on a trip, and his trip was really important. I wasn't clear whether or not Dar knows that Saul's going down to see Brody either. Dar has been in the dark. Which is interesting. Dar has been in the dark, but Saul did tell him before he walked in to talk to Quinn and and Carrie. When they were talking about, like, that Leland was, uh, you know, Leland knows where the bomber is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He did say... They did talk about his trip. They didn't say what the trip was. Right. But Dar seemed to know that it was vital to phase this phase two of Saul's plan. Of the plan, yeah. So and I And then he mentioned something about don't say anything in front of them. Yeah, about- exactly. So Dar knows something. I don't right. know if Dar knows again, this is the this is where it gets confusing. Don't know exactly who else knows about Brody being in Venezuela. But I found it really, really interesting. And why is he being kept there like that? I don't know. And like, Venezuela is an interesting place considering it's, uh, yeah, considering it's, uh, it's politics political, over there as well yeah. as political affiliations yeah. over yeah. there as well. And also the fact that coincidentally, Javadi has, uh, you know, his money pretty much in Venezuela too, which I thought right. was and it'd be either a red herring for us to believe that because right. I did predict that maybe Brody was being held captive by Javadi. Uh, and we, you know, that he was being led differently, but, uh, but right. Javadi had him. So I find that really interesting to see where this part of the show goes. I'm glad to see Brody back. I mean, it's episode eight. We've only seen him for one episode. Right. And really, after the twist, like, after that big twist in episode four, we all but forgot about Brody. It's almost like it didn't even care about what happened to Brody. It was really a non-issue. Yeah. So I am excited to see that. Well, they brought it back around full circle, so we'll see what happens next week. Do we have any news and gossip? I do not. I did not look anything up this week. Okay. So, so um, let's let's go move right into predictions then. All right. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. I had a big prediction and I forgot it. Oh no! <laughs> so I'll probably I'll probably I'll go online and I'll. I'll put it on there. It'll come back to me while I'm going home, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I had a couple, too. I'm trying to remember what they are. I don't write them down. They just come as they go. Yeah, that but, one that came to me, I, I lost it. Uh, you should have written it down. I know. I, I, I should have <laughs> written mine down, too. Uh, well, one of the ones I was thinking of after seeing this episode is now that we know that Saul was the one who at least he knew where where Brody is, mm-hmm. that uh, I remember I said a while back that Dana, hate to bring Dana back into the show, but oh. I, you know she's probably going to come back eventually. Uh, that Dana, Dana's roommate, 
her, her new roommate was Nicole, probably working for like the Venezuelans, you know, because she looked very, she looked like she could be, she could pass as a Latina. Um, hmm, interesting. But I, now I think, I think definitely that her, uh, I think her name was Angela, that her roommate is uh, actually, um, works for the U.S. government and, and probably like FBI or, or CIA, you know, someone watching over someone Dana. Someone very 21 Jump street So I feel, exactly. <laughs> so I do feel that Dana's going to come back into place somehow that maybe um, Saul is using Dana as motivation for Brody to to do whatever it is that he's doing, all his training that he's doing again right. that we saw in clips for next week's episode. Interesting. So that's a big one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, this is a new prediction I have, and this mm-hmm. is just based on the preview this isn't the one i came up with during the episode while we're that, that was a different one I'll, I'll remember that one later but the one i have right now is that i was thinking why is he training brody to to become operational look like as an agent he's firing rifles and looks like he's training yeah so i'm thinking saul's plan is to help exonerate brody as well regardless of the bomber and say and spin the whole story like this guy was undercover you know, the he was a congressman, but he was all this was all an operation, mm. and he will turn out to look like at least if he doesn't look like a hero, he's gonna look like uh, just a just a just like maybe a spy. I like, think I think, and and he'll be able to come home and just live a regular life. I think uh, actually that um, Brody is going to be uh, used as an asset as well, probably be sent overseas because most of the world still thinks of him as the. Uh, as the terrorist responsible for the bombing hmm. because of the videotapes. So my think is that uh, my thinking is that they're going to do a reverse switch and they're going to have him send him over to let's say Iran as a hero, as a war hero for Iran. That's a good one. I, that's what I honestly think that that he's at least aiming to do with Brody right. to help with the regime change eventually for Javadi. That's what I'm assuming is going to happen there. Two installations. Yeah. By the way, uh, I do want to mention there's one other thing, uh, prediction wise too, is, um, you know, the whole thing with Paul and Leland. Yeah. There's obviously, a, a, Carrie said it herself. Carrie's incredibly smart. There's got to be a reason why. There's got to be something we don't know as to why they killed the bomber. Right. I honestly think that there is somebody in the government behind the bombing, the U.S. government behind the bombing at Langley. That's the only reason why they take out someone like a bomber oh. was to protect somebody high up. So I'm going to say, wow. and it might even be Lockhart. I'm a, I might even say Lockhart. You know what? I just said it. Skinny branches. I'm reaching for the skinny branches. It's Lockhart. Lockhart's behind the bombings at Langley. So he can place himself at he, the DCI. He's responsible for it, yes. Oh. To undermine, to... to to. Okay, well, you guys heard it up. here. Yeah. You guys heard it here first on After Buzz Remember, TV. I was right I was right already about Brody. He was right already. I was right about Brody. Nando Velasquez. <laughs> Where can they find you, buddy? Where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Also here for After Buzz Walking Dead and Blacklist. Awesome. And until next week, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Club Thaddeus. Until next time, after buzzers. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.